Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast. I am your host, Grace Lannon, and I'm excited to be here with you. So last week we had on my best friend, Emma Harmon, for part one of the episode I entitled Death, Love, and Britney Spears. And this week we have her back for part two. We're getting into the love portion of the death and love. And we're going to be talking about relationships and some fun synchronistic stories about Emma's personal relationship. And... Yeah, I'm really excited. You guys can go back to part one and check out our conversation. Please let me know if you have any questions or thoughts or reflections. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the podcast. It helps us grow immensely. If you want to learn more about how to work with me or schedule any one-on-one work, take my classes, you can go to my website, gracelannon.com. And you can also check us out on Instagram, on TikTok, all the places. We got a YouTube, we got an Instagram, we got a TikTok, um, and we're here on the podcast. So if you can't get enough of me, those are where you can find me. And let's get into our conversation with Emma Harmon all about her love story and I'll see you soon. Now before we get into our episode with Emma I want to address this little myth that I sometimes hear and you know I'm on TikTok so I definitely hear a lot of like wild and wacky trends um, and theories and thoughts surrounding metaphysics and witchcraft and healing and stuff like that. Um, But I just want to give you guys kind of like a little peace of mind. So something I hear is that you are not allowed to purchase your own tools, specifically your own tarot deck or your own oracle cards, that this needs to be gifted to you. And I remember growing up too, people misinterpreted this in such ways where they would end up stealing the cards because they were like, oh, I can't buy them, but no one's going to give them to me. No one's going to buy them for me, so I'm going to steal them, which I think is definitely going to give you more bad energy towards your cards than buying the cards would. I think that doesn't make any sense. But I just want to make it clear that that's not true. That's not something you need to worry about. Um, If you're drawn to Oracle cards or to learning tarot, go ahead and purchase your own deck. You can go out to a bookstore. You can go on Etsy. Even, I mean, we don't love Amazon, but there are card decks on there that artists sell. You can find a deck at a metaphysical store, a store that sells crystals, a botanica, and even from individual artists. So if like today on the episode, I have Emma pull a card for us from the Starseed Oracle deck. And I purchased that deck at a bookstore, but I probably could have gone to the artist's website and bought it directly from them. So there's so many different places you can buy cards now, and you could even make your own deck. If you're wanting to learn tarot, I think it's really helpful to decide if you want to learn the Rider Waite tarot or if you want to learn the Thoth tarot because they're similar but different systems. So you want to see if you're not buying like the Rider Waite, like a classic deck, you want to see what system it's following so that you don't get kind of confused with the different meanings. Oracle cards are a whole different story because they're not necessarily tied to a specific set of archetypes. So it's more about practicing your intuition. But I just want to let you know, if that's something you're interested in, go ahead and buy yourself some. 
if you want it to be a gift and someone's asking, hey, um, what do you want for your birthday? Tell them you want to get a tarot deck. That's totally fine too, but don't feel like you can't purchase tools for yourself. I don't know where that started. Um, It might be interesting research for me to go into and see where the hell did that originate. But I just want to put some peace of mind to anyone who thinks that that is going to inhibit their ability to use the cards or to connect with their guides or different energies like that they need this permission from um, the outside world through being gifted it so i'm getting a phone call i'll see you later (laughs) all right y'all so i'm gonna have emma pull an oracle card for us today so this is um it's called the starseed oracle deck and it's i believe yeah, it's made by Daniel Noel and Rebecca Campbell. Super pretty drawings. So, Emma, all you're going to do, you can shuffle as many times as you want and then just pick whatever feels good to you. Okay. I'm going to shuffle. You can pick one card. You can pick one or three. One or three? <laughs> I think I'm going to pick one to be precise. Precise and, 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 uh,. Okay. Okay, this is the card I've chosen. So we have... Whale and Orca Elders. Share your song, Frequency of Sound, Diving Deep. Okay, so what does that mean? So tell us what do you think it means? Well, in the in in the context. So, um, I don't know much about this deck, and I also don't know much about um, just cards and readings and things like that. It's not my expertise at all. But I am a water sign, like a water dominant person. Um, so right off the bat, my heart skipped a little bit, um, to see like whale and orca, like right at the top there, because, um, I feel very close to whales and orcas and all sea creatures. Um, I think they are so important and beautiful and, um, I feel very connected to them. So that, uh, connects for me right off the bat sharing my song and like the song of a whale um is something that I think I hope to I hope to uh inhabit and like project more as I get older and wiser which I think I have grown a lot and gotten a lot wiser in the last years of my life and I hope that like into my 30s which I have the rest of um I will become a little bit more of a vocal singer of my life and experience does that that's great so basically it's I just want to show you and anyone listening that that anyone could do that you know, yeah, yeah. you don't have to be an expert. Right. You, it's just about like, what does that feel to you? Like, okay, you see the card, you see the image of the animals that resonates with you. Yes. You might see the a certain color. What does that feel like to you? Like the words sharing your song, like that means something to you. Also yeah. just we're recording a podcast. The frequency yeah. of sound, <laughs> diving deep, like being able to share, like explore your emotions and share them with mm-hmm. other people. So it's like there's so much information you can pick up just from looking at the cards. Yeah. So these are oracle cards. Like tarot is a whole different thing because each card means something specific. But so these cards basically they're made and then the artist, whoever created them, has like, you know, more information about what it means to them. Uh But I think what's more important than reading what it means to them is seeing, oh, what does that mean to me? Like. I'm connecting with that water side of myself, the emotional side of myself, exploring, like, and also what you're saying at the beginning, too, about, like, what's inspiring you, like, 
love beauty family like the the whales you know they have represent so much they do yeah in terms to like a family unit uh-huh. and like them being able to like send frequencies like mm-hmm. like they're somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean and then like other whales can hear them like in the Indian Ocean I don't yeah. know how it works but no no yeah but like and like pulling just pulling me pulling that card means something uh yeah not so much in a tarot sense which is my familiarity with cards um but more so just in like a like intuitive um chance and magic sense yeah, I think it's a good exercise, like, for people to look at the cards or even, like, um, photographs or something like that. Like, being able to look at it and get what can what can you perceive from that. Yeah. And, like, you're a visual artist, so it's already going to be easier for you than someone else because you are able to look at something and be like, oh, okay, I can see the symbolism behind yeah. this. Or I have a thousand What does this color, like, yeah. like represent throughout time like there's so many things you already have as a background knowledge yeah so I think that's what's so cool is that everyone can like look at something and it means something different to them like oh maybe someone listening like has a way different connection with whales Whales and orcas and yeah yeah to me I what everything you just said it like hits home definitely it's like the first thing I think is like beauty and self but also like family and community and sharing and I hope to like I really hope to embody all of those things you're doing a great job thank you thank you you need to cut your face I love that and just like more quietly real-life ASMR. Yes. Like, you are a whale. <laughs> yeah. The whales are very interesting. A lot of people say, like, at least in, like, mystical sense, people call them, like, record keepers mm-hmm. of the earth because they've been around for so long. They've for seen, so like, the long. eons of different eras of time. Yeah. So it's like they, you know, they hold that frequency steady for us. Yeah. Like, and it's so, well, we don't want to get into like, the sadness of uh, whales all dying, but... Um, Shout out to the whales. Shout out to the whales. I love the whales. I love the orcas. Like, end sea world. Yes. And end black tissue. <laughs> end it forever. Free Britney. Free orcas. Free, yeah, free the whales. Yeah. Free the whales. Free the, well, I really do think, like, once we can kind of, like, um heal our water our ocean like so much of the world can heal too so. a thousand percent i mean we see like it just you know right at the start of the pandemic which we're still sort of battling through um the whole world sort of stood still and stayed home and you know commercial ships and commercial airlines completely shut down production and the instantaneous um improvement in the quality of our air and the cleanliness of our seas was like immediately visible it's and so like crazy. measurable, which was really crazy to me. And you know, it's also I know, very frustrating because it's like, okay, we can fix this, but right, right. But I also but think breathe. like it, I, I, I try to take it as like a um, hope, possibility. a hope, yeah, hopeful, a hopeful message, and that like you know if man is nothing else we are like adaptable yes and um you know that was like a really good sign to me that like all hope is not lost and i hope that we have a future that you know can like calm down and slow down a little bit and take care of these animals take care of each other and cultivate healthy expression and curiosity yes (laughs) yeah i also on a lighter note i did watch this video an old video the other day of mariah carey like on vacation hawaii or something swimming with the dolphins and she like sings her perfect high pitch to them and the dolphins loved it 
Yeah, Just like Google, whistle. like, Mariah Carey Dolphin Sing, you'll find it. It was, like, a 20-second clip. Okay, I'm going to definitely watch that tonight. <laughs> That's going to be my ASMR tonight. <laughs> um, but I think it's, yeah, I think we do have a big, deep connection with the whales, the dolphins, and stuff. But more, I think it's deeper than we can understand yeah. yet. I do, yeah, I agree. There's something there. There's definitely something there. <laughs> The whole deep sea. I hope to know it in my in my lifetime. Me too. I want to sing with the, the whales. I really also want to go whale watching someday. I went when I was very little. I didn't see a single whale. It was for a second grade field trip. Um, sadly, we didn't see whales, but I really want to go. And see I have whales. a really good whale watching uh, story, which is that when I was around, like maybe I don't know, like twelve or so. Um, so Wally, my little brother, was probably around like six or seven, like somewhere in there. We went to do a whale watching expedition in Monterey, off the coast, in the Pacific Ocean. And we did like the, you know, um, Monterey Bay Aquarium all morning and then we went on this whale watching expedition. And it was so choppy unexpectedly that day and as we were going out, the like captain of the ship or whatever was like, um, it's really choppy. Uh, sorry guys. Like, didn't know it was going to be this choppy. This, uh, wind is coming out of nowhere. Uh, whatever. And all four of us. So like my parents, my moms and my little brother and I all four vomited the whole time, but also will <laughs> will watching expeditions or whatever are like four to six hours minimum. So once we were out there, it was like, oh, no. there was like no getting off the ship. And there were whales, and I just, like, I have this, like, vivid memory of, like, hanging over the side of the ship, like, so seasick. And, like, seeing whales, like, cresting and, like, the, like, mist. And it was so beautiful. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. And just, like, like, just, like, vomiting. And then we got off of the trip after we all vomited for, like, four or six hours. And we collapsed on the beach and we all four took a nap on the beach together just like right there on the sand in Monterey and woke up and we're like laughing our heads off and it's like one of our favorite family memories of like we were so sick it was so nasty but then we like took this really amazing nap all kind of just like cuddled up and like vomit crusted and um yeah, I just wanted to share that. Thank you. No, it's a great story. I'm curious if, like, the boat was choppy because of the huge-ass whales, or... It was, like, just the windy. tiny... It was, it was probably Because they would make, like, a like, wake, like, a giant wake with a giant whale. And the whales were huge. I did see whales, but it was, like, I was so sick that I couldn't, we were like... in a vomit and yeast. Yeah, so we yeah. Have, we seem to talk about vomit a lot on my podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, like, stop and, like, look at them and, like, ponder and, like, just, like... Well, maybe we'll have to go again. Or, yeah, we'll have to go again. It was so weird. It was definitely the choppiness. Like, the boat was small enough where there were probably, like, 10 or 15 passengers that were, like, paying, you know, whale watchers. But the boat was, like, so small that it was, like, slapping against the waves. Oh. And it was just, like, yeah, it was rocking and rolling. And the whales were having a great time. We were not. <laughs> So interesting anyway well we're gonna get into some conversation just to talk a little bit about emma's love story which i just want to share with people because i think it's so interesting and um i think it's something that would be helpful for people because at least in my perspective a lot of people have I would say, like, negative experience with relationships, or they might feel like they're never going to fall in love, or they're, like, just keep finding people that maybe are just not right for them, or they might be too scared to, like, pursue that, and I think, um, just hearing about, like, a positive experience, I think, can help people realize, like, okay, it's not all bad. I think especially, like, with the age of, like, dating online, too, it makes it, like, such a different experience 
and so I just want you to go a little bit into that story. So you can start yeah. at the beginning. Okay, so I'll start at the beginning, um, which is I was born and raised in Sacramento, and I was um, raised in a neighborhood called River Park. And Sacramento is bisected by two rivers, the Sacramento River and the American River, um, which are also, like, both very beautiful. Um, but River Park is literally right along the American River. And I went to elementary school there, and I uh, went K, kindergarten through fifth grade at the same school. And in fifth grade, in fourth grade slash fifth grade, I met a boy, a little boy, named Brent Wilson. Um, and I was just, like, enamored with him. Like, I just thought he was, like, the cutest kid. He had freckles. He had brown hair, but his mom let him um, do that 90s thing where he bleached it. The tips. So he had, like, a bowl cut that was blonde. Um, but his roots were pretty dark brown, and he was nice. just, like, the cutest hot. ever. Hot super hot. Super hot. <laughs> I just thought, like, oh, my God, like, woof. Like, this kid is fucking sick. Like, he's so cool. And he skateboarded, and he skateboarded really well. Um, we were 10, by the way, fifth grade, 10 years old. <laughs> this is, like, pre-9-11, 1999, like, sickness. Um, what kind of shoes did he wear? Do you remember? Vans. He wore oh, Vans, yeah. and I high tops or low tops. Um, so I don't even know if people will remember this, but in the '90s, Vans were like pretty puffy. Like there, there were always the high tops and the low tops and the slip-ons that were like the classics or whatever. But there was a period of time when Vans were like had that like puffy. Oh, 90s for skating, look. yeah. And they had, like, a V, actually. It was, like, a V, and then the, like, V, like, extended. But anyway, that's the type of shoes he wore. I got those to, like, match his. They made girls ones that had the pink V, and I got those. Um, I had to beg my moms because I think those shoes were, like, probably 30 or $40 at the time. And they were, like you're not having $40 shoes, are you out of your mind, you know? Um, anyway, he was my obsession. I thought he was so freaking cool. Did um, you guys have class together or no? We did not have the same teacher. We had different classes. So all of our, like, interactions and, like, love story were, was outside of class. Um, it was a lot of, like, hanging out outside of class. He was really sensitive, which I liked. Like, he wasn't, like, rude or um, mean or dismissive. He was very, very nice. I remember that. And um, I also remember, you know, my first kiss that I ever received was he gave me a big, wet kiss on the cheek when we were on the playground and then ran away. Like, he was so freaked out and nervous by it. He, like smooched me on the cheek real heavy, and then bolted. And I thought it was so cute and charming. And around the end of fifth grade, my moms were like, we're moving neighborhoods. We're moving, like, clear across town, and you're not going to go to school here anymore, and you're not going to go to school with any of these kids anymore. My moms were doing that for, like, you know, socioeconomic reasons uh, that parents do things like that. And I was so upset, and I wrote Brent a note, like, on, like, lined paper. I was like, I can't be with you anymore. We are leaving. We are moving. I will not be a resident of River Park any longer, and I cannot be your girlfriend. Like, goodbye. And he crumpled it up and threw it at my head and cried in front of everyone. It was, like, a huge show. It was, like, very, very upsetting. It was right at the end of fifth grade. And I was devastated because I really liked Brent, but my moms were like, none of these people are going to be your friends anymore. Like, we're going. So It's not, like, that far away, but okay. It's not that far <laughs> away, but it's, like, 1999, 2000. Yeah. And, like, you know, 
they they weren't saying you need to break up with your fifth grade boyfriend or saying like you need to not be friends with your friends anymore but that's how I understood it in my head I was like that's so far away I'm going to a different middle school I'm going to a different sixth grade like heinous like and to be honest that is how it was like I moved across town I went to a different school and never got to see those kids anymore um so anyway, we had our tragic uh, Romeo and Juliet ass like separation, and then I went to a different middle school, and then I went to a different high school, and like life moves on. So um, let's pause there. So tell us about once you moved to a different school. T- tell us about um, your relationship with the boys. Well, there was not. Did you have a relationship with anyone else? No, they were all um, losers and conservative and not cute. And they didn't have um, dyed blonde hair. And they didn't have freckles. And they weren't as cute as Brent. Like, I literally didn't have, like, a a high school or middle school, rather, um, interest. I had a I had a boyfriend in in high school whose name was Nick Lopez who I'm still fascinated with and in love with in a, in a way, um, but yeah, in terms of like schoolyard romances, Brent was it. Like he was he was it, um, and I moved to a neighborhood that was like way more. Um, like, if I'm just honest, like, just way more wealthy, and, like, I just, like, couldn't relate that well with a lot of the kids, and my moms are gay, and, like, that was another level of just, like, not relating, where things were so much simpler in in my previous neighborhood and elementary school. So, yeah, and then social media happened like social media got invented and Brent's sister did you have myspace did you connect with her on myspace so i i did have myspace i did not connect with her or brent on myspace but then when facebook came around i want to say like around like 2006 or 7 um i made a a facebook at the insistence of another friend named erin she was like you have to get this this is what we're doing like we're getting these these profiles, and um, pretty soon after I got a Facebook, Brent's older sister, Alexis, who's one of the coolest women I have ever met in my life, found me on Facebook and added me, and I remember being like, Alexis Wilson, holy crap, like, she remembers me, like, she remembers me, like, I wonder if Brent's thinking about me. And we became friends for years on on social media, continued on to Instagram, and um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Just like we we were always like. So you kind of had an awareness like that he was like existed, but you weren't like trying to hang out or like no. even observe like his. His social media. Right. And and by the time, like, you know, from, like, 2000 to 2006 or 7, whenever, like, I reconnected with his sister, um, like, so much time's passed. You're, like, you're 10 to, like, 16. Like, you're not a different person. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to reconnect. Also, he never had social media. So all the time I was friends with his sister on um, Facebook and then Instagram, she would be posting pictures of him and updates and stuff, but he didn't have a profile. So there was no, like, there was nothing to grab onto. There was no one to message. There was nothing. I just sort of enjoyed it and was like, dang. Every single time she posted a picture, though, I was like, dang, he's still really freaking cute. And I love that he's close with his sister. I feel like that's, like, a really good, you know, thing. And I always just, like, appreciated it from afar. And meanwhile, I, like, went about my life. I had a couple of relationships in college and after college um, that were not ultimately successful and were very interesting with men that were... um, 
very sensitive and difficult and um and like I I love I love the people that I was previously dating and have mad respect for them but I think in our young relationships were not always like kind or um like happy to nurture my like growth or um nurture my happiness and yeah, yeah well, I think like, like a lot of times like and definitely with some of those people you're dating like a lot of times the relationship is almost about like what can this person do for me not like in a I'm taking advantage of you way but just like it's almost like you become that the nurturer like the mother like I'm taking care of you because you can't take care of yourself yes. and that becomes like unhealthy like at yeah. first that's like a you know, you're doing that from a place of love, but then that can be unhealthy. Yeah. And people and take advantage of that. Definitely my nature. Like, I'm a cancer. Um, not to make it totally about my, like, star sign or chart or whatever, but I'm a cancer sun and a Scorpio um, moon and a Capricorn rising. And I think that, like, specific combination makes me very apt to, like, target, you know, um, things that need care and things that need nurturing and, um, like attack those and almost become like obsessed with like nurturing and taking care of and fixing and all of that. And then my Capricorn sort of side, like shows like a really like tough together front and I don't know. Um, I had two relationships in which I was very much like the, like, um, fixer, boss, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, the one in charge and also, but just like, like, I wasn't even, you know, who's prepared to be the one in charge when they're 21? Yeah. You know? Um, and... And that's like not the point of a relationship. No. It's supposed to be a mutual thing where you can grow and expand together and I think when you're really young you kind of can cling on to love because you don't really know what it feels like to have a healthy love at least yeah <laughs> at least me well yeah but I think a lot yeah, of people experience too. that and I don't know if that's not necessarily always to do with people's childhood but sometimes sometimes, sometimes yeah I don't know I don't know if I've like drawn a real distinct line to like my tendencies in those relationships to my childhood or my upbringing or anything but like I do think it's like worth noting that I'm straight I'm a straight you know girl I'm a cis woman and you know I grew up in a really loving household but my moms are gay like I have two moms I do not have a father I don't have a real clear example of like you know, just, like, a sensitive, good man um, that's also taking care of business and all of that. And so... I think, too, like, going back to, like, what we were talking about earlier with, like, the media and stuff, too. It's, like, I feel like our country, we don't really have, like, that example either. Like, in society, in, like, there's not that many male teachers. Like... No. The the relationship with men is always so kind of, like, distant of, like, you gotta do what this person says so you don't, like, get yelled at, like... Right, exactly. Even if you have a father in the house, like, I feel like we all have kind of that almost, like, daddy issues with the country. Yeah, I know, I completely (laughs) agree with that. I don't think, I don't think there is, like, healthy models really available for people who are interested in men and cis men like that um show us like you know this is what's like good and normal and expected and like you know healthy and whatever so anyway um 
like not to dog on my exes at all because I respect the shit out of them. I don't them. think they're listening to this podcast. They're not listening to this podcast, but I still have to just say of it to course. the universe is like, you know, um no regrets. No regrets at all, but like those both were like really painful experiences for me where I just felt sort of like like raw and like I just like was like juggling so many things and so many um, acts and like like really trying to make and, like, sure growing things as a human yeah being. like all all sorts of things so anyway I came out of my last relationship in my mid late 20s and I was just like dang um, I'm also like you know love love men love sex like like was definitely ready to be back in the world and I was single for many, many months, and then I moved home to my uh, home city of California, Sacramento, Sacramento, California, and I ran across Brent again. So tell us where. On Tinder. It was on Tinder. Um, my little brother, Wally, who I mentioned before, he, he has an amazing girlfriend. Like, my, she's, she, I love her more than anything. She's like one of my favorite chicks I've ever met in my life. Her name's Lily. And she was like, we're getting you on Tinder. We're getting you on Tinder. And I was like, I don't even know. Like the last time I was single, Tinder didn't even exist. I don't want to Tinder. Like what am I supposed to say? Like chatting with people I don't know. Ridiculous. Like uh, what photo do I put? She was like, I'm going to make it for you. So she makes it for me one night. And she, like, picks out all my hottest pics, and she's like, you look great here, you look great here, your makeup looks really cute here. She posts everything. She, like, makes the whole Instagram. Or not Instagram. The Tinder. Tinder. Thank you. And she was like, okay, here you go. And she hands it over to me, but she's still, like, looking over my shoulder, and we're swiping together, you know, through the guys. And most of the guys, I'm like, no, I can't see but it. I can't see fish. it. And within an hour of this Tinder profile being up, I get Brent's profile. And right away it says, Brent, 30, no, at the time, 27. <laughs> Sorry, not 30, now we're 30. Um, it was like, Brent, 27, and it has a photo of him. And I'm like, holy shit, Lily, this is Brent. This is Brent Wilson. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like... This was my fifth grade boyfriend. <laughs> He's from here. He's from SAC. And I've been home in SAC for like maybe a month at this point. Um, and she was like, okay, well, swipe yes, whatever yes is, right, or whatever. Swipe right. And I was like, okay, oh my God. And I swiped right. And then I just like held my phone, no joke, for... And then it matched instantly because I think that's the thing is like you both have to say yes. Yeah, you have to like like each other. You for have to like you each other. You have to message. Yeah, so I liked him and then it said like you matched. So it means like he already liked me. And so then I was just like he holding my phone you. like waiting. Like is he going to message me? Do I message him? And Lily was like wait until he messages you. And then um, after maybe like 20 minutes or so, he sent me a gift of, um, from the movie, <laughs> from his favorite movie, um, Forrest Gump, of Forrest on the shrimp boat waving, <laughs> like, like waving crazy, like, hey, like, I'm so excited to see you, like, hey, and my heart just, like, popped, and I knew right then, I was like, oh, this is so so sick this is so fun like the internet is so fun life is so crazy life is so weird and I still wanted to give it some time but we talked for about a month before we went on an in-person date and I the whole time was like holding my breath like I think I really like him um I think that all of my same impressions from 1999, from when we were children, are true. That he is super cute, first and foremost. Obviously. Really talented, like really talented skater, like one of the craziest skaters. Um, really kind, really good with women. 
And again, shout out Alexis, his older sister. They're Irish. They're very much Irish twins where they're like less than two years super, apart. Super close yeah. in age. They're like 14 months apart or something. Like they're very close in age and he, they were raised like twins. And so he has like a very deep understanding of women and their, you know, um, feelings personalities and most of all value like he very much like doesn't have issues with girls which probably sounds like a low bar or something but any it's of my big thing any of my straight girls out there will know that it's not it's not a minimal thing it's a it's a pretty cool and special thing and like my joke has been um never date a dude that doesn't have a sister <laughs> ever since because I think that his relationship with Alexis is so fucking beautiful and so integral to his um like personality and like attitude towards the world so, yeah, I think that's the story. Does that... Yeah, so tell us a little bit. I'm going to have you share a few more things. Okay. So, basically, they ended up dating, what, for three years? Two? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Um, moved in together, and then moved again. Now they live together in another place. And then recently, you got engaged. Yeah, we got engaged. Um last month in july of 2021 we got engaged and like it was definitely something like we talked about a lot before the actual proposal announcement whatever um so it wasn't like a surprise like oh my god you're asking me this like crazy. there's no like 35 no. balloons or no anything. no nothing like that it was very natural and beautiful and intimate and between us um but we talked about it a lot beforehand and something marriage is something that like I don't think when I was younger maybe my early 20s that I cared about or thought about ever and again I think that might go back to like my mom's sort of story and history it's like I don't have like Oh, my parents, and they had this big wedding, and my mom wore a big dress, and all of that, because they're gay, and they got together in the 80s, and uh, were not really even... It wasn't, like, an option? It wasn't an option, and they weren't even acknowledged by their families until after I was born. After I was born, then their families were kind of like, oh, so we have a grandkid? Like, okay, like, we'll, we'll jump on grandkid. And this is, oh, God, okay. Also, this is not to drag my families. Um, <laughs> you, you know. But. <laughs> but um, I think it was really hard for them to swallow. And, by the way, they both did totally jump on board and are completely loving, pro-gay, pro-family um, people that, um, love me and my parents deeply and their relationship and respect it and honor it. So stuff gets better, but yeah, I just have to say that as like a disclaimer, they're not like hateful people in any way. But, um, yeah, I didn't think a lot about marriage or like walking down the aisle or something like that. Um, but when I met Grant, like it, I think to both of us was really clear like we want to do this maybe even more so because my parents didn't get to do it but it's like very important to me to like honor that have a big ass party stunt in a cute dress yes stunt you know have my friends and my family all there to witness like our love and um like celebrate the start of like the next chapter of our lives so anyway we decided to to do it to get engaged and like I said it wasn't a surprise I told Grace like two weeks before it happened didn't I yes what yes. did I say I was like 
Well, you say engaged? you're getting engaged, and then you're saying, well, I'm going to Palm Springs. Was it Palm Springs? Yeah. For vacation, so we're definitely going to do it there because I want it to be, the, like, looking good and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, you know, left it up to him, but I also was like, this would be a really good time, wouldn't it? <laughs> wait, yes. wait. And it was. It was perfect. And now we're engaged. I'm engaged to the dude that I dated in 1999 because I thought his skateboard tricks were really cool and he his bowl cut was really cute and I also thought he was really funny and cool and I think a lot about like this weird like childhood intuition that we all have of like this is good this is right this is bad this is not right um that I think can fade sometimes, but with this situation that I have now, I'm like constantly in awe of the fact that like I knew myself that well at that age and I knew what I liked and I knew which boy out of all of the weird little skater boys and like no offense, but I got like a lot of attention in fifth grade actually. And but like I picked Brent. <laughs> I picked yes, him, you know, did. and I was right, and he's fucking brilliant, and, like, a welder, and, like, also the hardest working person I've ever met, also my previous relationships, like, no one knew what hard work was. job was. Never. <laughs> and I'm, like, I just, like, admire it and respect it so much, and I'm really excited to explore that, like... Um, that side of ourselves and my intuition further, forever. Yeah, and I think it's like one of those things that's just like a that you kind of question like okay, is this just like an interesting coincidence or is this like fate, like planned out like okay, I had to meet this person and then I had to learn all these things and grow and like before I could actually, like, be with this person and, like, be at this stage in your life where you're, like, both at a point where you want to, like, settle into something serious. You're like, okay, like, now it's time. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I, I... There is no such thing as a coincidence. There is no such thing as a coincidence. I really think so because I'm, like... Isn't this crazy? Sometimes I'm, you know, especially right at the beginning when we first started dating and I was, like wow, we're really hitting it off. Like, it's actually kind of crazy how much we're hitting it off. Like, I'm hitting it off with him more like I feel like with my girlfriends. Like, where it's like, I feel like totally comfortable than just like, oh, yeah. Get to put on a show for We've got sexual chemistry and I'm putting on a show or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So... What is one thing that you want to, like, explore in your marriage? Um, one thing that I want to explore in my marriage... Oh, God, I wish I could give, like, a, a more um, interesting <laughs> answer than this, but the first thing that pops to mind is just, like... Uh, Parenthood, motherhood. Yeah, I, I really was hoping you would say that. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing at the forefront of my mind because we talk about it all the time. I know for a fact, like, more than I know my own capability as a mother, I know he will be a sick-ass father. And he thinks the same about me. And I think that our kids will be, like, beautiful and special and fun and I think that like that's that's right around the corner and makes a lot of sense and I can't wait to know like that chapter of us like I've gotten to know the chapter it's it really is like a movie like those like before midnight whatever movies um it's like we I knew him as a kid now I knew him in our 20s we got engaged, and now I get to know him as, like, a father, and he gets to know me in those stages and as a mother. And then you get 
to be crone. Yeah. Get old together. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Well, thank you for spending so much time with us today, Emma. Of course. And I'm excited to see what people have to say about our conversation. I just want to ask you one last question. And we're just going to ask if you were to say to anyone in the audience who is like open for love, for finding a new relationship, for exploring themselves in a relationship, like what is a like a piece of advice or a sentiment to share with them? Um, so if you are looking for love right now, or maybe you're in the midst of a relationship and you're not quite sure if it's like the thing, the one for life or whatever, the main piece of advice I would want to share with people is that, um, you shouldn't compromise on the things that are really important to you slash the things that are just like in essential. And I would say those things are like just being able to be yourself and being able to get as much as you give um, and being able to find like really true, natural, peaceful balance um, you don't have to compromise, you don't have to, like, you know, give up everything for love. I think that a certain amount of, um, just discretion and compromise is natural, but just... Stick to your gut and do not feel like you have to live <laughs> um, in a like constant mode of sacrifice. And balance is achievable and it's out there. And yeah. Thank you. I think that's a really important. I think. There, yeah, there's so much of, like, that, like, in the beginning of a relationship, that, like, fever, like, lust type of feeling, but, like, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking yeah. for stability. Yeah. And I think sometimes if you've been in a lot of unhealthy relationships, that can feel boring. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of personal healing that also when that continues to take place you can feel what it does feel like to be in a healthy place yeah yeah definitely take time to like listen to your internal like rhythm and your internal things that say like this is what I hate <laughs> this is what I need right now listen to those things and like honor them and um look to fulfill them I don't know you know I'm speaking from a really probably pretty specific point of view um as like a you know straight person and like a woman and whatever but um I think I like tried to quiet those things for a long time and it's okay to kind of like break the chains of toxicity and um like find somebody that just like rings your freaking bell and they're there good luck to you i love you we love you <laughs> we love you thank you for listening and i will talk to you all soon goodbye bye